1: gentlemen welcome back to another episode of believe in guardians as always i am your host amari mcpherson very special guest here today we we're able to get guardian sideline reporter five-time emmy award winner uh and of course i have i have to say it uh, fellow kent state alum as well Andrei. yeah thank you so much for coming on my man
0: thank you very much i appreciate it man um it's funny as i get older I almost like get scared of what people are gonna say to introduce me, and I, it's and you said everything great. It's just because it tells me how old I am. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> that, that, that just means that that just means you've done something worthwhile being said in an introduction. Because I could have just come on and you know we got Andre not today. But no, you know we gotta we gotta hype it up. Like I said, you're a special I, guest, man.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me do this. Um, I podcast a lot in my life, but I've taken the time out and I've kind of pick and choose. So uh, I appreciate you letting me on here, and uh, we'll see who we piss off. Of course. <laughs>
1: of course, we had, to, we had to bless the podcast with, with Andre's presence. But, um, yeah, pitchers pitchers, and catches uh, reported last week. Spring training is around the corner. Uh, exciting time if you're a baseball fan. Of course, this cold, cloudy weather of Cleveland, just ready for baseball in the spring weather, of course. But um, getting into pitchers, of course, we got to start with the retirement of Corey Kluber last week. Uh, probably the greatest um, Cleveland pitcher within, west well, definitely his generation, but within the past, who knows, 25, 30 years, maybe. Yeah. Um, so uh, 98 wins in his career in Cleveland, three-time All-Star winner, or three-time All-Star winner, three-time All-Star, two-time Cy Young Award winner, um, three, 316 ERA, career ERA in Cleveland over, I believe, nine seasons. So uh, definitely worthwhile. Um, to me, he should probably get a stat. Maybe not a statue. Ah! At least his number, maybe his number retired. I do want to. I do want to definitely number dead. retired. Definitely yeah, number retired. number retired. He definitely deserves it. But I just want to get your opinion as someone who's been up close and personal with the team and Corey Kluber himself. Just what is your your thoughts on Corey Kluber uh, as a person, as a player, um, uh-huh. and being one of the the best pitchers uh in the last thirty years.
0: The is that one of the blessings I've had, and some of the things I'll answer and say will be because I have to look at the entire scope of things because I grew up like most people listening to this, watching this. Uh, I grew up as a fan of the Cleveland Indians and, and had, you know, pictures of Albert Bell, Jim Tommy Manny Ramirez on uh, my wall and Kenny Lofton. And um going into a decade of doing this. It's amazing that, you know, you, you get to know these dudes and, and you get to know like who they are and what they are. And usually when like, like I knew Michael Brantley was, re- and this isn't a. I, I I texted Michael Brantley, so I had an idea that Brant was retiring. Um, And even when I told him that I knew, I was like, "Dog, I'm not trying to like break a story." Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm happy for you. Do your thing. And I sat on it, and it probably was like a month later. I remember like like somebody in my family was like, "You knew that a while ago," and I was like, "It's not what my job is." Um, But Brantley, like Brant, like I kind of grew up with some of those guys. For me, with Kluber, um, he was just always so stoic. Stoic. But in the time that I got to know him, I also got to find out that he had one of the best personalities in the world. Um, and when you finally broke through that wall that he doesn't let a lot of people win um, the intensity uh, that he had, the, the work ethic that he had, that the, I'm trying to find the right word. Cause there's a word. Um, but he had, he was like the work he did leading up to his starts. It didn't surprise you what he did at his starts. You know what I mean? And like, and then to double down on that, because to me, what he did in 2016 I'm all right. Like you'll never, I, I and it's always funny because I'm like, what happened in that in that run to the World Series is I feel like Brian Shaw was never the same, Andrew Miller was never the same, Corey Kluber was never the same, and I say that and he went out and won the Cy Young the next year. But when you watched up close, you knew there wasn't as much bite. You knew there wasn't as much velo. Um, but he still, I mean, you look at his numbers at 17 when he wins the second um Cy Young, you wouldn't know that. But you if you if you're there every day and you watch, you could tell like something was different and two quick stories I'll tell that will remind me of him. So we're in Kansas city one day. Uh, I'll keep most names out of this and in Kansas city, man, it's like the weather is just no offense to people in Kansas city, but enjoy Mahomes. Uh, it's like usually like 90 degrees. And then like the humidity is like 80. It's just a sweat box. And really it's like a hundred and somebody had a bullpen. And this is when all of them were going out watching each other's bullpen. And I remember he watched this person's bullpen. And he was sweating more than the person that just threw the bullpen. Because after that guy's bullpen, he went and ran. And this is like, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon. And it's, I mean, it's the hottest part of the day. And he's dripping with sweat when he walks off. And I'm sitting in the dugout. And I'm like, hey, can I get you when you, like, relax? And he was like, yeah, 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 just give me a second. And um, he walked away, got a towel, got a Gatorade, got a water. And it was like the first time, because I just asked him, I was like, dog, how are you sweating more than the person that just threw the bullpen? And he looked at me and it was like I, I had broke through the other side. And I can't say everything that he said, but he was just like, you only get one opportunity to be here. He goes, I, I wasn't the most talented. I didn't have, I don't have the best stuff. I would die to have that person's stuff. But if you don't take your bullpens like you take your fifth day, how the hell do you expect to be better on your fifth day? And he went on and on and on about it, and I was like, "And he never was like that." And it, I'm not, and I'm not saying he was a bad teammate; he was a great teammate. His point was, um, I'm not taking any of this for granted. Like I'm, you know, like I, I, I you know, and that was after he had won a Cy Young. After he, everybody knew who Corey Kluber was. Um, he still worked harder than just about everybody else. And the how the baton has been passed from him to the Beavers because those are the guys they watched. Josh Tomlin had the same work ethic. Um, Corey Kluber is what this organization is about. And Corey Kluber is what the Cleveland baseball organization has to do the Corey Kluber way if they want to be successful. Um, And a lot of times I know it's corny and people don't like it on Twitter. Yes. Your, your talent that you're given is important. Um, But sometimes the actual person and what you got in here um, matters just as much. And to me, Corey Kluber was exactly that. Um, He made the most of what he had. And even as he was losing it, um, and we saw that in Tampa. You saw that in New York. You saw that when he threw a no hitter. Uh, and bought, like, like he wasn't great, but he still would compete. And, and it sucks that the last time he pitched in Progressive Field uh, it was a night. Hosie hit three home runs, and that was I don't know about you, but on one hand, because the offense didn't score a lot last year, that was like a celebration. On the other hand, I can tell y'all in the dugout, those that, that were teammates with Corey Kluber, it was a um, it was it was you were excited for your team. But you weren't excited that he had to go through something like that in that stadium. Other thing I'll tell you quickly is that, you know, usually I text with different guys when they retire or whatever else. Wish them luck. Because um, I feel like it's fake to say happy birthday to somebody that you ain't real with on Twitter or something like that or whatever. If you really got their number, you're really cool with them. You text them or call them. And I didn't want to be corny to Kluber because I knew if I was corny, he would come back with something. like, <laughs> like he would Because like he would just be quick, like, that's the best you got um because him and him and cookie always would tell me um no stupid i don't want to cuss but like we had to run it thing. no stupid bleeping questions um and so i waited a day to say something to Corey after he retired um and i told him i was like because you're such a a beat said, because you're such an a-hole I, I had to think about what i wanted to say but i appreciate who you are and what you are um he's a good dude man and he and like i said i he those guys don't come along all the time and sometimes you take it for granted when you're up close with it. And I think I did at times. Um, but I can say there's that old picture. And I know we've talked about it a million times, but there's a picture of him doing rehab in spring training way back on one of those backfields. And there's a guy named Bieber watching police acts watching. And it's amazing that a year and a half later, Bieber was making his first start as a big league.
1: Yeah. Uh, you talk about the hard work that he puts in, um, Definitely the face of, you could say, the quote unquote Cleveland pitching factory we've seen year after year after year. And just to your point about that, because even after the year that he won this first Cy young award, he came back with losing season and people were like, oh, was that was that a fluke? Like, you know, that whatever the case may be. And even thinking about a little bit of the details of that season, just because obviously we're a fan, um, you know, he didn't get the best run support, weirdly yeah. enough that he was the best pitcher on the staff. Didn't get a lot of run support. Then he follows it up with another Cy Young Award season just to show you that, hey, man, I, like, I can do this. And you talk about the point where he says, I may not have the best stuff, but that breaking ball that he had may have been the best breaking pitch in in baseball. And yes. even to this day, we can't even... Really, it's like a slur. People call it a slur because it's like a mix of a slider and a curve, but yeah. people don't even really have a name for it. It was, but it was just so deadly. And that's hey. not even. We can still bring up the eighteen strikeout uh, performance against the Cardinals with Bob Feller's wife uh, in the crowd. Like you can just bring up so much when it comes to, to Corey Cooper.
0: The eighteen strikeout game is fun because if you want to win a, if you want to win a drink at a, in a in a pub or bar, um, Tito was the manager, but he got thrown out of the game early because Kipnis got into it with the umpire. Mm-hmm. So Tito wasn't even up. Um, it wasn't even like managing. He watched like the rest of us, Um, and it was like. And, and I know there's this tug of war like about that game because it was. I, I remember it was my mom's birthday. It was May 13th. Cardinals. Um, He didn't even fight to stay in the game. Like most pitchers, like in like typical yeah, like Kluber they fashion. They want to get the yeah. record. Yeah, typical Kluber fashion. Though he was just like they were like, "How you feel?" He's like, "I'm good." And they're like, all right, we gonna yeah. take you out?" And he was like, "All right." And like some people were like, "Damn man, stay in the game." And he and, like. I'm sure it mattered to him, but it just was like, I went out and did my job. And like, um, that was the coolest thing about how he, how he went about it. And you're right. That breaking pitch, we would always laugh. Cause like, sometimes we'd call it a curve. Sometimes we'd call it a sl- slider, but you're right. It was a slurve. Um, and the thing that he could do with it, that so many pitchers can't do with that pitch is he could place it where he wanted to go. You know, he could pinpoint it like people do their fastball. Um, and there's only so many guys that can do that, man. He was, he was devastating. He was absolutely devastating, man. And and it was, I mean, I was a spokesman for his nonprofit and Josh Tomlin always tells a story that, uh, that he picked the perfect person to be a spokesman. He said, because as much as I talk, he didn't talk.
1: Yeah, he was he was stone faced, man. It's, it's it's crazy as it is. But um just being a fan and you talk about that three home run game, I think about the wild card game against the Rays. He gives up the literally the only run of that game, the, the walk-off shot to Oscar Gonzalez. Um but I feel like as a fan, it's just like it's weird because the last two times you see him, these are the, these unfortunate feats that he's he's giving up. After being such a big part of the success prior, you know, to him leaving, but also weirdly enough, the kind of quick downfall as well. Like you said, his stuff wasn't really that effective after the trade to Texas. He gets hurt, misses the season. Uh, then, of course, he comes back with a no hitter. But it's just like as good as he was in Cleveland, it almost seems like it, as quickly as quickly he fell off uh, once he joined other teams as well.
0: You know what it shows you is that we have to have appreciation for what we have when we have it. I think baseball Baseball is like life to me. And, and I mean that wholeheartedly uh, because you deal with so much failure and the people that are the best in the game deal with failure better than anybody else. Um, and the thing about him is that he was, away, I mean, he got a late start in it. When you think about when he came over from San Diego, I want to say, you know, he was almost mid twenties by the time he, he started in the big leagues. Um, I, I think when you look at, and I, I take Shane Bieber, I think Shane Bieber has learned a lot from that. Um, this game is, I was just saying this to my son because you know, he's, he's nine, but we, you know, like Corey Clover is what? 34, 35. Like he's not even that old, but we like in the game and in the sport, we so quickly like, Oh, he's old. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like um, it's hard to, to pitch like that for 10, 20 years. And I think it'll be interesting. I don't want to get in the hall of fame conversation cause I'm not a fan of how they do it. Um, yeah. And I'll just leave it at that for right now, but longevity used to matter 300 wins and, and you know, a certain amount of strikeouts So you had to have like, but at some point in time, the hall of fame should tell the story of errors. The error of 2012 to 2020 um, has to have Corey Kluber's name all over it as a pitcher. And to me, that means he should get, he should get a real chance to be a hall of famer, but I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a homer, but I believe that.
1: Right. Yeah. We all know he'll be on the ballot is just what percentage of the vote he'll get, you know, Especially dealing with Cleveland, you don't you seem to not get that national respect. We see it every day, even with uh, Jose Ramirez now. like Literally right. one of the best third basemen in the game, and just nationally, still today, does not get the respect that he deserves.
0: No. Albert Bell should have a better run at trying to be a Hall of Famer. Kenny Lofton got screwed in that situation, and hopefully he'll be able to take care of that. Um, I think Kluber will be able to overcome it a little bit because he did win the two Cy Youngs. But yes, the voices will have to scream to make sure that he gets – the proper respect that he deserves. Mm-hmm. So at the end
1: of the day, I'll ask you, we'll circle back to the start of this topic. Do you think he gets his number retired? I don't think he'll have a statue. I, I misspoke when I said that, but do you think he'll at least get that
0: 28 up in the rafters? Yes, I do. I honestly do think that he will get that because um, I just think how he handled himself, how he carried himself, how he, he gave back. I absolutely think he, he will. Now the whole statue thing is I'm not against it. Damn, we're going to have about 100 statues. Or the way we go. <laughs> but I think,
1: and this isn't even, this is kind of like self-deprecating almost, being born and raised in Cleveland. It, it, wouldn't that be a Cleveland thing, though? To, and that's no fight against Corey Kluber. Like you just said, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Right. But is he really deserving of a statue? I almost think of it as like Jason Kipnis. Now, I've had this argument many, many times. I've written about it. It was one of my very first articles years ago. I felt that, that Jason Kipnis, and this may not be apples to apples, but I think you'll get where I'm trying to go. I felt like even within Cleveland, Jason Kipnis didn't get the respect that he deserves being a two time All Star, playing every day, the hustle that he had coming out there every day. And people, it's like when he had a bad game, you know, people wanted to say, oh, we need to get rid of him. And right. then you add on top of that, not getting the national respect because he plays in Cleveland. But I feel like. Other people look at it and it's like, well, that's such a Cleveland thing because he may not be one of the best second basemen in the game, but Cleveland loves him. And so Cleveland, we lift him up because we're Cleveland fans and what he means to us. Now relating that back to Corey Kluber, I don't think he should get a statue, but as great as he was, I do think that he should get his number retired. But I feel like if he were to get a statue, that would be a very quote unquote
0: Cleveland thing to do. If he goes into the hall of fame, would you be okay with it then? Oh, of course I'd be okay with it. So and like I know what you like the, the the Kipnis thing is good. And I can't because like Kipnis was a two-time all-star. Like like you said, and was he perfect? No. And then sometimes when you're around so long, it's easier for people to pick upon you, right? Like Brian Shaw, perfect example. Like you you couldn't hate Brian. Whether you like you can only hate Brian Shaw because he only pitched 450 you, you, freaking you, times. You loved
1: Brian Shaw until he was the one that gave up the game tie in home run. You right. love that he went out there every single day, took the ball, never complained. And until he, you know, gave up a run. Oh, we hate Brent Brian. Brian
0: right. And we do that. To, we do that to so many relief pitchers. And, and I mean, that's just what we do to relief pitchers, especially the eighth inning guy. Um, I just think with Clu, And I don't, I don't even want to say yes or no with the statue. They, I think with Kluber, though, the one thing you can say is because he did win two side young awards, it's easier to sit here and say he was one of the, he was the best in the American league twice. Um, And if, you know, and because you didn't win in 2016, I mean, because his run through the playoffs should have gave him a statue alone. Yeah, but everybody's gonna tell you about game seven. You're right. You're right. Which yeah. is unfortunate. I mean,
1: the difference between the difference between him and Madison Bumgarner is winning game seven. I would say bingo. But they had they had the exact same run in the playoffs. They relied yep. on him. And That's he was great out point. of gas. We had we had injuries, cookie was out, uh, and he was our best pitcher. Um, I had another point I wanted to make, but Moving off of that, moving towards the the current staff, I uh, just wanted to get your outlook on what we have with the pitching staff this year going into spring training. Uh, of course, we got three young guys from last year, um, the two veterans returning, hopefully from injury, uh, Bieber and Tristan. So just getting your outlook on that because, I mean, with Bieber trade maybe may not be happening he's still young and and i don't want to ramble but he's still young but he's like the veteran of the group so i feel like he would be very valuable to keep in the uh, you know in the clubhouse Mm -hmm. but your two best pitchers are coming back from elbow injuries and you got three young guys behind them so i just wanted to get your outlook on that going into
0: um i think this is like all or bust right because you just you put it perfectly I, i think I think that's why you see them bringing cookie. I think that's why they brought the guy in that was with the Reds that was in Japan the year before. Sorry if I like I got I, I'm still working towards knowing everyone's names, but that, that isn't on the team. Um I think it's boomer bust because I like I don't know if you saw the video of uh we throwing uh in driveline this past weekend in Seattle. Yeah. And it's crazy because I saw it on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it nowadays, and literally within five minutes, I had six people texted to me. Like Around the team, fans, people I work with, like, everybody, like, dang, he's throwing 94, 95, um, and his curveball is nasty. I think that kind of tells you where the pitching staff is at. I mean, obviously, the, soft, the I hate it, sophomore jigs is something that we can only say it because it happens sometimes. Right? Uh, you know, somebody – there's going to be a hiccup. But if you get the top two guys to give you 25 starts – and if Bieber legitimately is throwing the way we saw him throwing this past weekend in Seattle, um, I know everybody's quick to run to talk about trading and this and that, but it changes the game, man, if you have those two guys at the top of your rotation every fifth day. And then when you look at the sophomore guys, you know, Tanner Bybee impressed me not only with what he did last season, but when I spoke to him just a couple of weeks ago at Guards Fest, um, I always love the, the, the steps that you go through, like, like for me, you know, I get to see some of these guys. I see these guys, you know, before they make it to the big leagues, and have conversations with them, and then I see them the day they get there, and then you know, you, I see them, you know, like Bieber. I've seen him get married. I've seen him, you know, like I've seen him. He's a whole different cat than, 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 the, than the young dude I saw, you know, six years ago. uh And Bybee was like, "Dude, I know my stuff plays." Like, you know, like it's something that Tristan told me after a couple of years ago when I was like, "What are you going to work on in the off season? And Tristan was like, "Dog." He goes, the one thing I've learned is that rather than trying to trick people, just make what I got better. He goes, the best pitchers, he was like, no offense to anybody that goes and, you know, tries to get a slider in the off season or gets this <laughs> on off season slider would help Tristan. Um, but the good ones, it's true. The good ones though, they just better what they got. Cause it works. And Bybee feels that way. I don't think we've seen the best Gavin Williams yet. Um, I know they kind of babied them last year and you know, Dude, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a top three pitching staff. I wouldn't be surprised if you go through what you went through last year. And I, I know that's not answering the question, but I think that's kind of where they're at. And, and you know, it's like how else? You know, like Xavier Yankery. What is he like? Yeah. Is he a bullpen guy? They still want him to come back as a starter. Um, I, oh, I am overly impressed in how he handles himself and how he went about his job last year. Um, you may lap Gaddis. I say Gaddis because his velo continues to go up and he's a big dude with a change up. So you wonder, you know what I you know what I mean? Like, so you wonder like if this dude can harness 95, 96 and, and sit there, um, and then you start talking about movement, I think they're gonna be fine pitching wise. Carl Willis always has them fine. I, I worry more about the you asked about the rotation. Uh the bullpen is where it's where it's at, but I think they're gonna have one of the better rotations in baseball right now. Yeah,
1: I want to piggyback off that point about you saying them babying and babying them last year. And I made the point multiple times before that. I mean, that's kind of the way to go. I mean, we've seen multiple times um, from from different pitchers. And there's one name I want to bring up, Tim Lincecum, because he was my favorite pitcher growing up where you use them so much early on in their career and they just fall off that cliff later on. And so my thing was, you don't want that to happen to these young guys, especially using three of them. And you are expecting all three of them to kind of produce in a major league rotation at one time. It's, it's, I I just don't want to what we see with Bieber and Tristan to happen with them. Not to say they'll have elbow injuries, but just anything. You don't want to rush them along too far. And so, which is why I think having Bieber and Tristan around the two veterans and even cookie, and we'll get into that. Absolutely. A veteran who's been around for a long time to kind of, you know, spell those, those days where maybe they don't have
0: it. Or if you want to push them back a bit, you know, I can't remember. I just talked to, a. it's probably good that I don't remember because I would tell too much, but I was talking to someone that was in another organization not too long ago about what we're talking about. And he was like, he's like, I've been in one organization where you baby, baby, baby guys, and they still blow out he goes, I've been in another organization where they say to hell with it, let them throw. And they blow, you know, like, he didn't say they all blow out, but his, 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 his words were basically like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, uh, you do try to protect guys, but you can only protect them so far. And, and like, so, and I, I think this organization has been great at taking care of arms and, and trying to do their best with them, but it's a toss up, you know, like sometimes I look at those Rays pictures and I'm like, wow. But then again, the Rays pretty much tell their team to go, you know, to I don't, go all out, <laughs> like, Pitch like it's the ninth inning every every inning. Well, what do you think that's going to do to an arm? Yeah. Um, I really for you know, and it's this is off what we're talking about for Tristan and for for Shane up here and as a human and in their heads. I hope to God they can they can go healthy all season long because it's you can tell mentally it kicks their butt. You know when you're a young dude and you can't do something you've done your whole life that you love.
1: Right. Yeah, and it's funny you talk about the Rays. This is also not on the list of what we're talking about, but two guys that I think of when you bring that up that were very or are very talented and kind of struggle with injury. One, former Cleveland Indians draft draft pick, Chris Archer. Mm-hmm. The one we see with Tyler Glass now, who miraculously just got a big contract with the Dodgers, but someone who's very talented and has a very live fastball, but we saw him get injured and had Tommy John surgery and hasn't pitched over like 135 innings in his career at, at all but right. someone who's also very talented. So, uh, you you know, you say damned if you do, damned if you don't. I agree with that. You know, like you said, it's not really an answer, but it, it kind of is because we have so many examples where it, it really just doesn't matter. And so that, I think that just goes back to my point where it's like, hey, man, you, you got to really be protective of these guys because they're they're young. You don't want to run them out there like a 10-year vet having 30 starts, in, you know, in their first year, you know?
0: The thing about Gavin and about Bybee, um, they're both, built big like, like you know like like Gavin is built to be an ace like he's got big legs um body I think Bybee when you first see him he's not as big as you think but he's got he's got the big trunk he's he's built he and he, and he uses his legs and I think that's part of um having all the machinery that you have nowadays to help these guys kind of learn how to not put all the pressure upon uh your shoulder but as we've seen you you just don't know so you hope these guys you, you hope for the best and, and you prepare for the worst
1: mm-hmm. yeah uh we can get into it we could talk about Carlos Carrasco returning after a couple of years um didn't have the best in, in in New York of course he had his moments where he was still very good but um what do you expect his role to be someone who um hasn't like I said, been that productive, but someone who's familiar with this team and the clubhouse and could definitely be a leader inside the clubhouse?
0: Yeah, um, leadership is, is uh, I want to say awkward or odd because it comes in many different shapes, and many different forms. And I think with Cookie, um, nobody hates Cookie. Like, first of all, he, he truly is just a, a wonderful human being. Um, I think because the gratitude he will have of being back here if he makes the team. Uh, whether it's in the bullpen or whether it's in the rotation, I think it'll be a good thing for younger players to see, because I think when you're younger, you have this one track, you know, mind of like, and I don't want to say me, 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 but you're young. You don't know any better, you know, like, so you are kind of caught up in, in, in you. So I would think that going off of that, um, I think the appreciation cookie has for Cleveland and that the appreciation Cleveland has for cookie uh, will marinate with the rest of his teammates. Now, the other thing is, is, is where is Cookie, you know, arm-wise? He is older. He's pitched forever. We've seen him through so many different phases of his career. I mean, if he can throw midnight, if he can throw 93 and and this I think the, the thing always with me with cookie has always been his stuff is almost too damn good. Like he, you know, like literally I've watched him throw 95 and then a 91 split and then a 92 and then like a 90 mile per hour like slider. Like the separation was always kind of awkward. You know, like he was always kind of looking for like something to, you know, to create some space in between. Um, So. If he's if he is in the bullpen and he's one of your long guys and he can come in and just blow out and throw 95 and have that have that splitty at 90, 89. That's devastating to have if that's your guy that's pitching in the sixth or seventh inning once or twice a week. Um, But I think more so, like I said, I think the gratitude for being here, the gratitude and appreciating. Uh, where you're at. I've watched that happen a lot over the last couple of years where you get guys that, that know they're kind of at the end of the road. Cole Calhoun was a perfect example of that last year. He had no Cleveland size, uh, but he came in and had gratitude that he was in the big leagues and he had gratitude and he would go to guys. And, and like, I loved watching him because he would go to guys and like, tell them like, Hey man, he's like, Chris Malika is a great hitting coach. And he would explain why he was like, dude, all these numbers and all this other crap. He was like, Chris comes up to you and is like, dude, you're good at you, you swing over sliders, you do this, this guy's gonna pitch this and he's gonna be in this area. And, and like for for him, he was like, Calhoun was like, dude, I would have killed to have a guy like that back in the day. I say that because cookie can do the same thing with Carl, where a guys struggling with, you know, why is why is Carl telling me this or why is Joe telling me this? And I think he can like break down that fifth wall to be like, this is what they're trying to get you to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me personally, I may speak for some fans, all fans. I'm not really sure. Um, I don't want it to be like a novelty act like where it's just like a familiar face and then they go out there and struggle every five days, right? the case may be. That's why I bring up the leadership thing, because I feel like he could really be an asset to Carl and to, I mean, a first-time manager, Stephen Vogt, let's be honest. Um, with these young pitchers, we do have a lot of them and can kind of be in their ear, kind of be that coach on the field, quote-unquote, he's not really in the field, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, to, to the younger guys and, and kind of really assist Carl Willis, who we've know has coached multiple, multiple Cy Young Award winners. Right. Um, but you hope that he can be valuable on the field as well to kind of, like you said, that marinate of him being back in Cleveland, Cleveland, loving him, and it all just come together. So I'm hoping that he makes the team, but also for the right reasons as well.
0: Right. Yeah. Now you just said it perfectly. And I think he would know that he doesn't want to, I don't think he wants to be a, uh, you know, he doesn't want like I, he, like he, he wants to earn his spot. I think the other thing, if he earns the spot, because of the struggles he had, what guy, like let's say a Bybee or Williams goes through a couple of tough starts or you know, because the thing with cookie that always drove us crazy early on was that you could see that he had the stuff. He just couldn't figure it out. And sometimes your peers can help you through those moments and times more than your coaches can. So that's I think that's the thing that they're hoping for and looking for.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of a bunch of young guys, we got some position battles to to figure out. Mainly shortstop, of course, we got to figure out outfield as well. Uh, so, what are some battles that kind of catch your eye going into the spring? And who's kind of your favorite, especially a shortstop, because you have so many that could honestly win the job going into spring?
0: I think it's one of the most difficult things that uh, this organization has to do. They've done a great job of kind of finding uh, all these middle infielders, and, and now how do you make the? How do you know? How do you go through that process? I think. What they did last year and gave, giving Arius some time to be a starter. I understood at the time. I know it didn't go over well to everyone, but it had to be done, right? To find out what you needed to find out. Um I like, I like, I like Gabe. It's hard not to like him. Um, but at the same time, you you there's glimpses where you see how he plays and it's like, I can see why this dude has been talked about the why he's been talked about. But and the young players go through ups and downs. I think with Rokio, Rokio to me is the prototype shortstop. I'll just say it like he Mm -hmm. is and you know, we've watched him grow into it. I know that Lindor kind of feels the same way that he's the closest thing to him. Uh, And Frankie has said that to me, like he, he, he's a big Rokio fan. He wants Rokio to, he wants Rokio to be the guy. And Rokio had a good off season from everything that I've heard and everything that I've been able to watch. Um, Angel Martinez is talented as hell. Uh, I know he hasn't gotten here yet, but he's, he's fun to watch. uh, Tena is a good player. And, Here's, all right, here's my big one, and I'm not giving an answer because I think it's going to be Arias to start the season. I think Rokio at some point in time is going to push through and, and, and challenge. That's what my answer will be. Um, but here's my – remember this. I mean, here's the – Juan Brito is, is – and seeing him in person and hearing what I've heard, he may push and get his way to the big leagues before anybody expects him to. And if he does, yeah. it's probably going to be in second base. And if that happens, so, and I know, I know they don't want to move Hemi. I know they don't want to move him, but I know Hemi still sees himself as a shortstop.
1: I don't blame him. He's more than capable. I feel like it's hard, though, because if I want to compare, like I said, it may not be apples to apples, but if you want to compare him to Jose, who, of course, is, is a nat- his natural position at second base, but he's right. been at third base so long and is above average and very capable defender at third, it's like, well, why move him? But you have Jimenez over there that's, won a gold glove so yeah he like platinum he was the, he's the best the, <laughs> the very best <laughs> the fielder at his position and it's like okay do we make that switch you know is it is it in the end I guess it's worth it but it's just like do you make that move
0: I think it depends if Brito is is you know I mean I, like I think it's gonna take a special case you know and and he could be a special case. That's all. <laughs> like, I, I and like I don't know anything more than anybody else. I mean, I talk to people, but when you see him and you see how he how he could look and look defense, and I know like Twitter went nuts on the Ahmad Rosario Ben Rosario stuff last year, and, and like, man, that was rough. I don't think like I don't think most people are ready for the conversation of the maturity of like what everything that was a part of it, but the double plays that were being turned once he was gone. And with mm-hmm. Rokio and with with Hemi uh, and with with Arias and Hemi, that takes our defense from like here to here. Yeah, um, I think that's the biggest difference is whoever is there has got to be consistent with the glove.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that point that you just made made the trade worth it. I don't want say that. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been worth it because people were, like fans were ready to get rid of him anyway. But once you saw the defense kind of click up the middle, it made it worth it. Absolutely. Uh, to piggyback off of your point, um, I've said it before, multiple episodes. I, I think my my pick, of course, I don't make these decisions, would be Arius. Um, I know I don't want to tell too much, but like sitting up in the press box, like he make a play, and you hear people just go like, like what the hell was yeah. that?
0: Like his arm yeah, is they,
1: special, a big arm, and I think that it, at the plate he has the look that you want. He just has to put it together. And yes. I think that's the, the biggest or was the biggest, biggest disappointment for him last year. And so, uh like I said, pick to piggyback off of your answer, going into the spring and maybe even coming out of the spring, it'll be him. But he's got a lot of guys behind him that are more than capable to to take that job
0: if he if he doesn't fulfill it. Bro, I'll put it this way. If he could hit 260, he's going to play every day Well uh, Easy. 260,
1: 15 Two, home runs. Maybe? Right. And hit, he and hit like 25 home run power.
0: Yes, but he's got to hit lefties. He was he was terrible yeah. against lefties last year, which made no sense. But legitimately, because of his glove, if he can just hold his back, if he can hit 250, he's going to play every day somewhere because of because mm-hmm. of his defense. He defensively could be as special as him. I really yeah. believe that.
1: Now, I do want to ask you this really quickly, just because he, he does have the experience playing at first. I don't expect him to be there because of who we have on the roster. He has experience playing at right field. Do you see him if he doesn't win that shortstop job, staying on the roster, and kind of being more of a utility guy?
0: Yeah, like yeah, I think because his I, he's at that point. And look, there's a couple guys of this. He's at that point. What else can he accomplish in Columbus? Yeah. You know what I like? Seriously, what else can you accomplish with him in AAA? And here's a couple guys like the Tyler Freeman's on that same same you know place Flor- too. Tyler like Freeman that. can swing it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Florio, though. Talk about AAA, his his splits between the minors and the majors. Um, who do you got in the outfield, and do you think you're, there's any outside candidates that aren't on the team, free agents, other teams, whatever the case may be, that could kind of come in and help as well?
0: I think everything is wide open. Miles um, Straw is, is a good dude, great defender, uh, but I think is going to get every chance to to play center field, especially against righties. Uh, and I think they're hoping that you catch lightning in a bottle, a guy that was a, was a big-time prospect for a very long time. It just didn't work out for every, whatever reason. To be honest, that was kind of the story would have met Rosario, right? Like, Rosario had been a big-time prospect. Like, I know people didn't – it's funny. We know our prospects, but we don't give credence to everybody else's. <clears throat> but if they could – and I'm not comparing – like, I want people to be careful, but if you can get Florio to be close to what he was expected to be in New York, and if he can hit 20 home runs and play center field, um, that would be a game changer for this outfield. I know Will Brennan has mentioned to me that he knows he's got to hit with power. Um, and I don't like that. I, it's the truth. I don't like that. Hey, look, they know. Um, and just like we talked about Hemi at second, would you move him to sh- shortstop? I know they don't want to, but Quan is kind of in that same thing. If you could find somebody, but I don't think they want to move Quan off left field. And I don't think defensively he could do it the way Hemi could do it from some, from second to short. Uh, so Florio's a guy. Uh, I know that uh, De Los Santos, the kid that they got from Arizona, has been taking balls out in the outfield. That doesn't mean they would put him there immediately. But I think they're kind of making right field in you know, a wide open thing. of if there's. Some, I mean, like Jonathan Rodriguez, you know who that is. I don't know how many other people know. He's pretty much, I mean, okay, sending back to Columbus. If he goes out and he gets the way he did in Columbus again, like he did last year, how much longer can you keep him there? At some point, yeah. you, you've got to give him an opportunity.
1: Yes. you got to break him up and, and see what they could do. My whole thing uh, with Florio, though, is because he's out of options. So if right. like you make this trade, you can't you can't send him back down. So uh, he has to reduce. And if he doesn't, it, then it was – I don't want to say a wasted trade, but that's just another loss.
0: That, so that was a big was arm. Saying? Morris has a hell of an arm. I don't want to say it's a huge yeah. waste either because he's got to stay healthy. Yeah. But they didn't just make this move to – Take a quick peek. They want to know if this guy can can fully flourish.
1: Exactly. And we know L'Oreano is going to be in center, at least for splitting, you know, uh, because of his his splits at the plate. He doesn't hit is
0: it lefties. Yes. He only hit lefties, but you know what? It may not even be center. He could be in right. Yeah. You can think about That's it. True. Against lefties, you may put straw in center. You put Ramon in, in right field early on until mm-hmm. you find out um, Will Brennan is fighting. Like, this is going to be interesting, especially, I mean, there's pressure for as much love as we give the front office of the Cleveland Guardians. Um, They took some hits last year because of what Nolan Jones did, because of what uh, uh, our Will Benson did. Uh, So and there's another guy coming in Tampa. I ain't going to say his name because I ain't trying to. But there have been some things that have happened in the last two, three years of guys that would look really good uh, in those new uh, uniforms coming for the Guardians. Mm.
1: All right. So to put you on the spot, name one center fielder for opening day when name one right fielder.
0: Oakland will start writing. I'm going to say it's Florio. Um, okay. And I'll say, uh, Will Benson will st- Will Benson? Oh, I wish Will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, are hey, you know what? Here's the th- I'm not saying he'll start. It's hilarious! It's time, brother. You got to It's time to make some noise, bro. It, like he's another one. Like if if not this year, then when?
1: Yeah, yeah. People are running out of time. Got to see what you got to do. Uh, before we wrap it up, want to talk about Josh Naylor? Of course, probably should have been an all-star last year, one of the faces of the franchise last year other than Ramirez. Do you see an extension coming from him or for him? There's been a lot of talk with fans. Of course, we want to see him stay here. seems like he wants to stay here. Of course, we have his brother at catcher. That would be one incentive for him to stay here. But do you see an extension soon coming for him?
0: Um, I hope so. Because of all the reasons you just said, it kind of fits, I think – I don't want to speak for him because I I can't speak for him, but I think because he was drafted and traded right away, I mean, he's been traded a few times. Um, I think he appreciates being able to play with his brother. I think he appreciates how close they are to their hometown. Um, I don't know how long they would go, but I think if you buy out some, some years, why not? If he's willing to do it. Um, I think the one thing that stands out, there's a lot to Josh. And I think everybody loves him that knows him. Um, but, and there's times where he can be not difficult, but he's not, I don't want to say difficult. He's he cares a lot. And sometimes you care a lot in baseball. It can be difficult because as I said earlier, it's a game of failure. But the one thing that I know a lot of people in the, around the team love is how hard he works and how he takes care of his teammates. Um, Like, like, like we were in we were somewhere on the road a couple of years, two years ago. And I remember asking a player, like what was in a box? It was a shoe box. And he was like, Naylor got all of us red bottom shoes, like the whole bullpen. Like the dude is, is an incredible, like just friend, brother leader. And I think playing with his brother, I think he's willing to do it. So it'll be interesting to see if they do it. Um, I think uh, uh, Bybee would be an interesting one to see if they can talk to it, possibly uh, talk about it. Maybe Hinges would be a guy. Possibly you would look at to try to see if they'd want one. And here's one that I'll throw back to you. I know nothing, Um, but would they try to? give Manzardo a contract now before he gets to the big lead since that seems to be the I'm just throwing stuff against the wall. I don't know anything. I don't even know if they'll start the season. But that's kind of how what the league is doing right now, especially small market teams.
1: Yeah, they're they're giving these players before they even come up a big contract. And I feel like it makes it more difficult because wow. it seems almost in a way I won't say this is exactly what it is, but in a way, they expect Manzardo to kind of be the future at first base. And you just had a guy that probably should have been an all star at that position. And we've seen him uh, come in postseason after he got traded here from the Padres, right. go crazy. He gets hurt, comes back is even better. So you talk about the hard work. So someone that probably we should keep around if he can keep on that that same steady track. Uh, so I, I, I don't know how that is affecting him personally, how he feels about that. We None of us know. Um, but I could imagine that that may eat, have, eat at him a little bit if he feels that, you know, the team doesn't really have his back or if they doesn't view him as the future, despite the season he just had.
0: Yeah, um, I wholeheartedly hear you and agree. Not, I wholeheartedly hear you and to a point agree. Uh, but I'd like to think I don't want to speak for him and I will have this conversation with him. But because, you know, he was drafted by Miami and then gets traded to San Diego and, you know, and because he's been Manzardo, right? Like, he's been the dude that, like, was going to be the dude. I think some of these guys get it better than we would, even though it is a tough situation. I mean, I'm sure nobody – hey, look, the one thing I know for certain, the person that's going to replace me is out there somewhere, whether they're just being born or whether they're getting ready to graduate college or whether – whatever. Like, we all are going to be replaced. I think the maturity it takes in life to, like – I have a thing where I say, stand like, just worry about your lane. Um, because when you start focusing on your lane and that person's lane, you lose track and you lose in your lane. Um, and I think baseball players, a lot of pro athletes have a way of, of, of focusing like that because you have to. Um, and, and so we'll, I hear you're like, you're right. And I've seen players worry about it and, and it bothered them and it messed up their careers. I think Josh, because everything he's been through can look past it and keep doing what he's doing because he knows, um, as I heard a, on a basketball podcast, uh, recently, they got banks in,
1: in other cities. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want won't speak on the point, but some of those some of those cities may have more money. But, you know, we we only. I ain't getting into, getting into that. That. We <laughs> ain't getting into that. I ain't getting into that. Um, I say we go get miles to complete the trio. I know that's pretty far fetched, but I say we do that. You know, have all three of them. All right, before we get you out of here, um, it's been announced that the Cleveland Guardians are finally going to get their City Connect jerseys from Nike at some point this season to be, to be announced at a later date. What would you like to see on the jerseys? I have no idea what they're going to do. I mean, we all know that when people think of Cleveland, it's automatically the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so it's always a guitar, as we've seen with the MLB All-Star game. But what would you like to see, if anything,
0: uh, on the jerseys? Um, I like the Cavs jerseys last. like, I got to be careful here because I've actually talked to people that do this. Because they like, they talk to Nike, like Nike, like they try, but they don't have a true feel for your city. How could they? Right, like they, exactly they don't live there. It. I, um, I, I wish, look at the other
1: designs and there's maybe one or two that I like.
0: Yeah. And most of them are almost good. And then they give them, they give them softball pants. And I don't think we're getting softball pants. Uh And I think, I think we're going to like ours. Um, What I would like, like a little bit of old school, not old, but a little bit of being like fearless and doing something different. Like we, even with the name change, like I I'm, I'm good with it. I you know, I'm whatever. But my whole thing though, during the name change is like, dog, if you are going to change, change, like, we, you know, like let's change colors. I mean, like let's right. Rebrand, rebrand. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned the Cavs jerseys last year. I loved it because they, they, you know, they talked about the parks and it was like, you know, like they, they, and it's, you had to listen to know like the water hitting the trees. And, but I thought that was a cool, like with the land and everything else no, I don't want guitars. Um, there's, we're more than that. Uh, but we got to find out what's just thinking about. something. we can, you know, we could put pierogies, t-shirts, beer companies and food. Cause that's I've us. Right. Somebody put, uh, they want a pose boy. Yeah. On, on the <laughs> <chest>. <laughs> I see that. Um, I think we have too much history in the game that you can't it can be that hard to mess it up. Like to me here, I'll throw one out there and I, I might get in trouble. Um, Putting Cleveland Buckeyes on a jersey would not, or something that that resembled I, the Cleveland I, Buckeyes. I, if you I, know who the Buckeyes are, what they were, yeah. and you gave money back into the Negro League like, music. Mm-hmm. But that's just me.
1: <laughs> no, I completely agree. I saw earlier today, of course, it's Black History Month, and I saw uh proposed of the Cleveland Buckeyes, the script, the, the flow of the chess. I would love it if they did something like that because that'll just call back to the history of not only the franchise, but like you said, the city as a whole, it is city connects. So what connects the city to the franchise? That would be to me, it'd be perfect. I'm biased. But
0: yeah. But people get caught up like, well, that's Ohio State's name. It's like, OK, we'll do a yeah. little research and understand that there's it's more than just Ohio State. And that's just I'm just throwing that out there because but I, you know, like like I said, all you have to do is don't put softball pants on them. Like the Colorado Rockies one is sweet because it looks like the license plate, so they got the green pants. Mm, yeah. Uh Anaheim's are pretty dope because they got it kind of got that old off-white yeah, I like cover. theirs. Yes. Yeah. Boston, I know why they do it, but come on, dog. You look like UCLA. Is uh it, but is sh- it Cincinnati with the all black and you can't even see see the, yeah. I, I don't like that. And the and the Reds could have some dope stuff too if you go off of their old school stuff. There's some like a couple of them are all right, but like yeah, the Reds, I didn't I didn't dig. The Royals all right, but they, the the lettering, the the print they went with just didn't do it for me. Yeah. Is it the Dodgers yeah, and Yankees are with us too, right? Did, you, we're gonna see the Dodgers and Yankees, and like I can't imagine what they're gonna do with. The I Yankees. I heard that the Yankees don't want to do it. No, because they don't want names on the back for their home. Right. Like you can't blame them. Yeah, they were they were like
1: hard pressed a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was All Star when they had the nicknames on the back.
0: They were hard. Yes, pressed Yes, the players' day, players' names. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I heard they don't even like, want to do the City Connect. Yeah, so I don't know.
0: I feel like... Uh, Pittsburgh, what was the Pittsburgh's? Because I thought Pittsburgh's could have been better, too, and they were just like,
1: eh. Uh, I think it was yellow. They had the PGH. Oh, yeah, that's what it chest. was. Yeah. Did they bring back the the
0: pillbox caps? That's Yeah, and I you like those. The caps are... okay. Are yeah, I was going to say, because
1: yes. that's a throwback to you know the old jerseys. So that's a good look. But I feel like, even though it's a cop-out with having the guitar, I don't want the guitar. But I feel like if they do... If they go that route with the guitar, it has to be tastefully done. You have to really show the history of rock and roll in Cleveland and show that connection because it's more than just, oh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is here. Like, it's right. a reason why it's here. And let's show that off.
0: Absolutely. I don't disagree with you at all. I don't. Um, I think here, and I think for all of us, because like we have like the, the one thing about this city, this town, and I mean this, is like our we have so much pride in who we are and what we are. I think this is a time to really find and and dig down to find out and realize who we are and what our history is and not be lazy with it. Uh, And and like, whether that's on Nike, the team, but us as well. Because like I said, when the Cavs did their jerseys uh, last year, and I know the NBA does it all the time, when they explained it, I was like, damn. Like, I was like, this is, I I instantly was like, I'm getting one of those because that's a dope, that's a dope reason to do it. Mm -hmm. So hopefully baseball is thinking the same thing.
1: Right. Yeah, you said lazy. That's that's a really good word because I feel like people can get lazy. But also to a degree, and I, I'm rambling at this point, but I feel like if you have to have a a, a, a printout or some type of design where it's like, OK, well, well, we got this because of that, this because of that. And this is what this means. And this is what that I feel like you're overdoing it, because yeah. if you have to explain what it is, is it really even worth it? Because we're only one of 30. you got to get right. the other 29 cities and teams to understand what it is.
0: And we just went through that with the name change. Yes, we did. Oh,
1: my goodness. I went on a couple. I have some friends in Boston. I was on their podcast I'm like Guardians. what is what? And
0: I'm like, yeah, it's it's the bridge outside. Like they you don't know if you're not from here. Right. But it is a dope thing. And like, that's what I get back to for so long. We've been lazy and allowed the nation to tell us who we are. Right. And now because like when I do explain the Guardian Bridge and I show like opens and how like we we show it coming in, and everything. Most people are like, oh, that, that's sweet. You know, like. Mm-hmm. But you know, you don't know.
1: Exactly. All right, Andre, let's get you out of here. Appreciate you coming on again. Uh, you don't have to yell at me over Twitter. Next time I'll just be more proactive and get you on.
0: You got my number, dog. Anytime you want I me. Um, I appreciate it. I love seeing uh, I love I love seeing young people talk the game. I love the game. Um, I got nothing against the other sports, uh, but baseball is close to my heart. Obviously, it's what I do. Um, and it's we need more young people talking about the way you talk about it. So I appreciate yeah. you and thank you.
1: Appreciate it so much, man. You are you and me are, are are like I love baseball more than any other sport. Can't really explain it. I can sit there watch it all day. It's just it is what it is. But uh, you
0: yeah. you need to go see a game um in Puerto Rico or Dominican. Oh, I would love to. I would it's love like, to. I would love to. It's like you put it as something that the, the atmosphere is just so much better. I
1: don't know if you were watching the Caribbean series down in Miami yes. over the past week. Like I would love to just be in that environment for a night.
0: And when we went to Puerto Rico a couple years ago. My wife was with me, and I I, I did the, like second half of games, and on the first game we were just sitting in the stands, and my wife was like, "It's like we're at a family reunion," and like like it was so like live, it was awesome, man.
1: Uh, the awesome. whole the whole game, like it doesn't it could be a scoreless game, it does not even matter.
0: Yeah, Everyone people need and game. and and I'll say this, and, I, and we'll do this another time because I'm up against it too. Um, for baseball to get where it needs to go, and it's not a dying sport they need to be more receptive of where most of their players are coming from yeah. and the atmosphere from those, because um, we don't got to, we don't got to speed the game up. We just got to put more energy in the ballparks.
1: Mm-hmm. I My agree. <laughs> that, That's, that's a mic drop uh, for, for Andre. This has been another episode of Believe in Guardians. Thank you so much again for coming on. Uh, I am your host, i McPherson and we'll catch you next time.